This is Brand and New from the International Trademark Association. This podcast series explores changes and dynamics in the legal world, now and tomorrow, with a focus on intellectual property. I am Audrey Dove. Welcome to Brand and New. There are multiple stories about entrepreneurs who beat the odds and launch strong companies and successful brands. They are a source of inspiration, showing how they made their own marks in doing business distinct from everybody else. Now think of a food company that decided to build its whole business model on fair trade and inclusion, a statement that represents its brand identity. This is the story of Santiago Peralta, the co-founder of Pacari Chocolates, based in Quito, Ecuador. His company created in 2002 has changed, not to say revolutionized, the chocolate industry, promoting new innovation strategies and values, and in hand with more than 3,000 families of farmers, creating schools for sustainable agriculture and developing organic certification processes. More transparency, social responsibility at the very heart of the business model, Santiago will explain how these ethics have shaped the brand, which is now distributed in more than 40 countries and has received more than 300 awards and medals as one of the best chocolates in the world. He will also tell us more about the challenges and opportunities linked to Pacari's strategy in a competitive market. Thank you very much, Santiago, for joining us today. My pleasure to be with you, Audrey. Santiago, you co-founded Pacari Chocolate in 2002. What was the main trigger for your entrepreneurial journey? Making a better product? Making a product based on a fairer business model? Well, at that time, what we wanted is to have no regrets 30 years later. And uh, therefore, we start making our own uh, contribution by only working with uh, organic farms. We start certifying the first independent organic cow farms in the Americas. So no chemicals and agrotoxics in any, any so no, no one damaged with that. The other big part was how we can be socially responsible. And to be socially responsible, it's difficult if you don't pay properly the farmers. I mean, at the time, I remember the price of a fine truffles sold in Belgium from a very, you know, high-end chocolatier was like a hundred euro. Mm-hmm. It was a price of a kilo. The price of a kilo of cacao from Ecuador, these truffles were made with Ecuadorian cacao. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we came back, the farmers were receiving just one dollar per kilo. So we decided to pay the triple. So basically, at the moment, we pay in the last 15 years the double of price of production, which at the moment is 150% higher than the stock exchange prices. The premium of fair trade, the normal fair trade that you can find in Europe or in the States, the fee they are putting more, it's like 6% more. The idea was not to continue with fair trade, but just to change the structure of cacao. And that was things that were coming slowly. It was not something, you know, that we did from the beginning. But what we wanted is to have something sustainable. So it must be sustainable ecologically, uh, environmentally sustainable, socially sustainable, and economically sustainable. We need to make money with that. We need, we need to make profits, etc., etc. That was difficult to, to do, you know, pay triple and, and be sustainable in terms of economics is difficult. And the only way of doing that is just following the path of quality. 
we start having fantastic raw material and therefore we start making fantastic chocolate. And then when you see back, you see that the reason is because we were paying finally proper prices for fine cacao. So what we wanted is just to do the right thing. Entering the chocolate market is a pretty ambitious endeavor. What has been your company's strategy to develop and differentiate its brand from all other existing brands? In other words, how did you manage to make a difference in terms of consumer perception while distributing a product, chocolate bars, that is basically already flooding markets worldwide? And how did you develop and build your specific brand beyond your product's characteristics And how intellectual property helped you or maybe was a challenge? Well, basically, I mean, you have a pool of tons of cheap chocolate floating the whole market. The only area where we can be competitive, we're really creating a niche of quality product. So at the beginning, we start working with Ecuadorian cacao. We, we were not launching Ecuadorian cacao, but a specific terroirs from Ecuador. So we start uh, having a chocolate from Esmeraldas, which is a very rainy area uh, with not volcanic ashes or recent volcanic ashes in the soil. Then we went to uh, Manabí, which is a, the opposite, is quite dry, uh, hilly with a lot of volcanic ashes, recent volcanic ashes in the soil. And they have absolutely a different uh, flavor profile. Then we went to Los Rios, which is alluvial one. It's, it's a lot of water coming as flatland with, with a lot of rain. And uh, all the three areas were showing different flavors profiles. So what, what we wanted is we, you know, the normal industry had Ecuador as an origin. We start to go, you know, and be more picky and start showing flavor profiles and different bars and different chocolate made from specific terroirs, a little bit following the wine industry. Mm-hmm. It's like a Spanish wine. Okay, the Spanish guy is going to tell you where in Spain. And then you go to Rivera del Duero, that's going to be a Rioja, that's going to be a Toro. That was first step. Then quality, when moves towards, uh, we, we start making this minimally processed cacao, chocolate with minimally processed, and, and we start de- developing and discovering new flavors by processing the, the, the fermenting differently, And uh, that also were another way of showing something new and refreshing to the market. And by the way, this chocolate is the most awarded chocolate in history. So that was something that we just, just developed. The other uh, option or the other chance we had to uh, have uh, our own character and, and be specific and different were to start launching a lot of bars which have different flavors. So that was basically the three the three ways how we have been differentiated. And uh, our trademark, since the beginning, is not something that we basically made up. It's, it's a petroglyph which have 5,000 years old and is a man tree itself. If you see, it's a man that is a tree. Again, that was part of the story. We wanted to put something deep as a logo, you know, something quite meaningful, And this is the relationship between a man and a tree. Basically, this is a farmer. And this is the story of food in general. So people start to have a look on our logo and put an eye on that, start to differentiate us in many, many other ways. The other, the other one is, well, we put pakari, which means the dawn or nature in, in, in Quechua, which is the native language from Ecuador. 
And again, that's something with a lo only only in in the Kichwa speaking countries you will have such a name. Those really differentiate us as a very important tool of uh, differentiation of marketing, of showing a character and, and, and different structure. And you protected your uh, signs as uh, trademarks. Do you feel that it has helped you along the way in your business? Of course. I mean, I think the, I mean, maybe our biggest asset is our brand. Besides all the, I mean, because the brand is connected with all these quality things and with this huge variety. I think at the moment we have like 60 flavors which us are accepted in Harvard Business School as a case of study, in business school uh, as a sustainable case of uh, how you can develop a country and a business. Nice. Uh, so everything is kind of connected. I mean, the, the connection on the logo and how really shows something different is very important for us. It's not a, it's not a makeup. It's, it's something... Something that we do and something that we, uh, it's at the philosophy of the company that is reflected in our brand. Mm -hmm. So that, that means another character and a, and, and a deeper conception on the brand and a deeper conception on what we are doing and what, what we are standing for. Do you think uh, the fact that Pacari is a family-owned business with direct relationships with local cacao farmers weighs in the perception of the brand? Uh, does this model bring something different to the brand itself? And if so, how would you describe it? Yeah, for sure. This, the, I mean, our brand is really a reflection of our personality. I mean, my wife and I, which are the founders, uh, that, that's... That's really how we think. That's really how we act. I mean, when you have something original, when you have something which is authentic, people really hook and people just know that the sympathy of the people, when you have a personal connection, we're just part of the hardcore of the organic, sustainable chocolate movement. You know, the, the, a brand that doesn't show the face, it's start to be a little bit empty mm. and uh, and even though it's big a lot of media and other advertisement or etc etc it's a lot of personal connection it's coming from where the aims of the of the brand and the company is uh, i mean how this company act and now you have tons of options but to have a personal connection with the client i think is has been the key for us And I think that's one of the things people love in family-owned brands or, or these brands with tons of personality or these brands with these love marks. You know, maybe we are the most beloved brand in Ecuador at the moment. And people that jump in our philosophy and know about us and, and, and understand the, the work we are doing It's, it's just like one-way ticket. I mean, they try Pacaria, they cannot go back to normal chocolate. Mm -hmm. So it's an experience that really changed your uh, perspective on how you see business. And everyone is just uh, happy to collaborate and help us and push us up and trying to help us and support us. INTA is a global association representing more than 30,000 brand owners and professionals dedicated to supporting trademarks and related intellectual property to foster consumer trust, economic growth, and innovation.
the chocolate industry is very polarized and dominated by a handful of major international groups. How do you think smaller companies can successfully enter markets like this one? How to create new niches and business opportunities in sectors where it basically seems impossible to compete? You already gave some tips, but maybe you would have advice to give to entrepreneurs with dreams of conquering shares in markets for which entry seems I would say locked. Uh, to be honest, with all this mass-produced chocolate is kind of boring. Milk chocolate is, I don't know, 90 years old. And you don't impress me or don't at least don't differentiate when you show me a milk chocolate, a common one. People more and more is looking for special things. People looking for personality. It's a little bit like the wine. 25 years ago, or 30 years ago, We, we were almost drinking, you know, this carton wine. Little by little, you start to get educated and start to see the difference between different types of grapes, different types of terroir, different types of brands uh, and, and characters, way of making wine, etc., etc. And then, then people start to be more picky. Mm -hmm. I like uh, Malbec from Mendoza, Argentina. It's a chance. And that, that was not a niche that exists before. That was by let try people different wines, they start just understanding that the carton wine were not, were not okay now. <laughs> were okay at the time, but right now it's like kind of boring. And it's the same thing is the, the, with chocolate. But uh, if you put some, some new flavors, I mean, we just launched a chocolate with uh, a juniper, which tastes really like a gin tonic, uh, and it's fantastic. But no one has done that before. Why? Because kind of the industry has been kind of lazy on showing new products and refreshing the market. So everyone is just uh, happy to have something new, something refreshed, something uh, exciting, something different. Uh, and I think that's at least our strategy to conquer a bigger space in the, in the shares, on the, on the market share. That, that would be my suggestion. But if you're talking with other en entrepreneurs, and that's the beauty of the small one, you could be creative, you're not touching a huge industry on, on a huge production. I mean, that's exactly the, the weapon or the tool from a, from a small guy. I mean, we can be flexible, we can take the decision, do it tomorrow. You, you don't need, uh, I don't know, if you, you need to ask the guys from Nestlé to change the recipe and, until it comes to the right, uh, or the, the decision maker is going to take, I don't know, three years. I think that's the beauty and the, and the chance that the entrepreneurs and small-scale companies can have. We can be yeah. just fast. When you take this risk uh, of launching uh, new flavors, And being a pioneer in certain areas of your own market, how do you envisage issues such as being copied by others? Everyone is copying us. In a recipe, I, I don't know if, you, if you're really copying. I don't know. For me, it's exciting when someone trying to do different chocolate, even though you, when you taste, you don't see the difference. You see the different packaging, but... Uh, you see that at least you are leading. I'm, I'm not putting an eye on the people copying us. 
I'm putting an eye on what new we can create. Yeah, what's next? I mean, yes. our, our idea is more to be creative than to be uh, defending ourselves or someone uh, copying us. Well, of course, of course, if you have, look, you know, like someone that have a name which quite close from us or well, stuff like that, well, well for sure we, re, we do react. But it's great to be refreshing uh, such a huge industry because you know, this industry maybe is $300 billion. And it's cool that uh, we are leading in, in some things and the big guys are following us. I mean, mm -hmm. we are changing the industry to the right path. At the end, yeah. I feel happy for that. What does that mean for you to innovate in the food industry today uh, in terms of investment, in terms of communication, in terms of brand recognition? Well, innovate, it's, it's not easy. To be creative, it is not like the rule. The rule is copy and do something or maybe make a twist. But no one is really using... I mean, our capacity of really innovate, I don't see it. And, and then it's going to be blocked by someone in the commercial area or whatever. Because eh, this is not going to be sold properly. It's, it's going to take too much until we have the money back. I mean, it's a lot of realities and uh, structures that stop us to be in innovative. Uh, even though we, the whole universities and everyone is talking about that, but in the food business, it's, it's difficult to be creative and innovative because we, we have been eating lots of years. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's not a lot, a lot of space left to be creative. But uh, I don't know if you, if you see, by example, uh, all these uh, three Michelin star uh, restaurants, When you sit down there, you see that people, of course, can be innovative. For me, it's something that comes natural. It's not because I have press, you know, any pressure on that to have new flavors every year. It's because I get bored to sell the same all the time. <laughs> and all the time, I think my hobby is to be creative. So, again, we have maybe this, you know, personal input or this personal a footprint in us as a brand is because we like to be creative. Uh, and for me, selling the same chocolate is if I don't have something new coming, uh, I feel like I lost a year. Thank you very much, Santiago. My guest today was Santiago Peralta, the co-founder of the company Pacari Chocolate. Thank you for listening to Brand and New, brought to you by the International Trademark Association. Be sure to tune in every two weeks on Tuesday for new episodes. If you like today's podcast, please subscribe and share it. We are always looking for new people to discover Brand and New. And to learn more about INTA, its resources and events, please visit www.inta.org.